0: Hello, and welcome to the Strength to Be Human podcast with your host, author and playwright, Mark Antony Rossi. This show explores all forms of creativity for those searching for meaning and a place in the world. To err is human, but so is to love. Now, without further ado, here's your host, Hi folks and welcome back to Strength to be Human. This is your host Mark Anthony Rossi, poet, playwright, author. This is episode number 104: Digital Culture and Modern Literature. Now what do we mean by these sort of things? Well, I'm going to give you some great examples and some real definitions and we'll divide it up, okay? There's, there's a real positive to all of this, and of course they're, they're of course negative. Like anything else, pros and cons, alright? Now, what we mean by digital culture is really simple. Oftentimes when when things become standard, convenient devices for us, ways of life that we, we haven't changed, like the difference between you know washing your, your shirt in a stream and using a, a, a modern washing machine, it's the same thing with the digital culture. It becomes a culture when you use things so much. Uh, email, the computer uh, the smartphones uh, this cell phones in, in general these become a culture and we've, we we use these things now more than ever not only to uh, communicate and translate our, our desires and our beliefs but also they become embedded now in, in literature for the good and and for the bad Now ironically uh, the digital culture, and, and, and me and for me especially uh, it, it's been very positive I mean I, I, I've done a, a, a number of projects uh, using the ebook technology I've had other printers do the publishers do the same um, uh, many magazines and, and 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 of course the delivery of, of various writings across the world to, to other magazines to uh, to print and and, and produce and, and to publish Um the podcast itself is is, is hundred uh, uh, percent through technology, you know, through the special microphones and the uh, special software and uh, and the computer, and of course having the internet access, you can create a show and you know deliver it to the whole world. It's kind of hard to to not be able to use these things to your advantage, but like anything else, you know, it's going to have its its plus and, and its negatives. There's not so many things out there that are completely plus. I mean, if you think about it. Even the standard kitchen knife can be used to, uh, you know, cut a cut a rope, uh, cut a steak, or you know, cut your neighbor's throat. I mean, so it's kind of hard to find a, a positive thing even for a knife. There's always going to be something negative as well, and, and it's no different with the, with the digital culture. So let's talk about that and see if we, if we can at least not come to some kind of a balance, at least come to some kind of real conclusions on how we can use it for the best and, and and how we can try to avoid it for the worst all right now um, uh, like i mentioned before the the positive aspects of course is is to me is is really the delivery if anyone remembers anything about writing even 20 30 years ago i mean it was all through the snail mail what they which what they call now the regular postal mail you're making photocopies of uh, you know, of a master of your work because it made no sense to keep running it through your printer and destroying the, you know, the ribbon or the cartridge. And then, of course, yeah. Um, if you were smart, you either had labels you stuck on there or maybe even a stamp that you stamped on it. Add your name and your address on each individual piece. You know, uh, some kind of a cover letter. And then you're putting it in the, you know, in the envelope. You got a seal, put a bunch of stamps on You got to put a stamp stamp, stamp envelope. Uh, if you're doing the international ones, you were doing the... Uh, you know, the uh, the postal coupons that allow the person to buy stamps on the other end in another country and then send it back to you with a good or, you know, a bad answer. So just that alone was an enormous amount of work and expense compared to simply now, you know, attaching a couple of files or embedding one of your pieces inside the email and just shooting it off. And doing that a hundred times if you had to. All over the place. So it's incredibly... Uh, You know, much easier and much more efficient. It's also easier to track, too. You know, because you're sending email out as long as you, uh, you know, put in the subject what you're doing and everything, you you, you now have a tracking method. You don't even have to write things down if you don't want to. Where, of course, when you did the mail, everything had to be written down. So you know what was sent out, what was not, and, you know, all that. Of course, the the idea of the e book, which I started out with um, uh, first using um, Palm Pilot, that was the old year. You know uh equipment we had back then and you know in the late 1990s and then of course uh putting things in the cd-rom from a pdf onto that and selling those at various places that the book itself so it was pretty awesome to be able to do that and uh now of course and you know and I was predicting that it was going to be you know a real I was predicting it was going to be a real um you know, a takeoff item into the future. I just, I always bet on that was going to be the case. Yeah, and back in, and back in those days, you know, it, it, you can get people to buy them because, um, you know, they either had a Palm Pilot, so that was a good thing for them to to use, you know, to have some software for it. And of course, you know, with CD-ROM, everybody had that, they could read the book that way. So it didn't seem too strange that way. But there was a real deep prejudice at the time. No one think it was going to go anywhere. You know, I, I often um, would send the books to radio shows. And I was able to get a number of interviews, you know, based on um, the CD-ROM and explaining everything. And, you know, and that, and that worked out. But I was surprised at how many people turned me down. They just didn't like the idea. If you didn't have a print book, they didn't even want to talk to you. So it was it was amazing uh, you know, how far we've gone right now to where it's just a pretty common thing, you know, to, to send it off. And everybody, somebody either has a Kindle or they have another device or another program, they could read your your ebook, in. so it's become very commonplace now. And uh, of course, I'm excited because I, I really gambled a lot in the past on it, really believing it was going to take off, and, and, and it definitely did. So I'm always happy to see that. And I don't think it's going anywhere. I never believed it was going to take over for print; that that was always somebody's silly prophecy, and you know, and some kind of doomsday thing, just to kind of hurt the competition or just because you know people are uh, resisting the change in general. But, um, you know, it takes, its, it takes its place by its side. It doesn't replace anything. And I don't think it was intended to, you know. Of course, we have a lot of uh, um, digital culture now, uh, especially, uh, you know, in the, uh, in the area of social media, where you can, uh, you can promote your book, where you can talk to other writers about various things. Um, if you want, you can put some of your work out there. Even though we'll talk on the negative part of the show about how that's not always the best thing to do, you know, because people do it too often, looking for some instant reaction, and then they harm themselves uh, and harm the, they harm the work, you know. Um, there's groups you can join. Um, there's uh, lessons you can learn uh, from it. There's webinars where you can actually uh, join a, a teaching show that's that's right on the internet. You can learn about various forms of writing. You can read about other writers. Read and listen to lectures from colleges about about other writers. So the amount of things you can do with just the internet in general, you know, it's pretty extraordinary. It really is. And it really helps you get the word out about the written word, about what you're trying to do. And I I don't really find it as any way different. Now, besides the the delivery or the even the uh, presentation uh, of digital and how how it uh, uh, brings us to literature, I, I believe there's a lot of changes to to, to art itself and in, in writing. Uh, a very big example is is just the advent of flash fiction. Now, I know it, it began uh, emerging before you know personal computers really became more, more popular and more embedded in our lives, but still. I think it really took root and and it's grown and it has so many different variations right now, but I don't really think flash fiction would have really uh, grown the way it did or, or or became a real fixture in in literature as it is now thirty uh, something years later, if it wasn't for the digital culture. I like to also say in many ways that that poetry has too. I really think that a haiku has taken off a lot more with uh, with the internet and, and people actually understanding what it is and just being around it more rather than it's just being some exotic form of writing that, you know, you learned in you know in college one day or something or, you know, for a couple of weeks in high school or something. Now it becomes something that's that, that become more permanent in people's lives and many more people experiment now with it than ever before. I like to think that less rhyming is happening in poetry, which is a good thing because, quite frankly rhyming isn't really good for poetry in the modern era because if you if you haven't noticed there are finite really combinations left in in rhyming so there's really nothing more you could say that others haven't done before i don't normally say that in writing but there's really nothing infinite in in rhyme i mean how many times can you do right might sight guide i mean it gets it gets a little silly after a while it's why uh, free verse is better because then you do have you know, infinite combinations of all sorts of things. You cannot do the same with, with rhyme. So I'm hoping that in many ways it's starting to end that or at least accelerate it, it, it leaving the stage because other than in a minimal way and, and in a very creative way whenever you can, that's about all you should do with rhyme. Otherwise, it really should go to the wayside, leave it a product of the, of the past. Some things should stay in the past. Uh, rhyming poetry I definitely think is one of those. Now, uh, of course, there are various softwares now that has helped us do writing. Uh, if anyone's not aware of, of you know, um, there are softwares that, that help you can do uh, screenplays. Screenplays used to be a, a very manual thing on a typewriter. You have to do all the different settings. You have to have the exact measurements right. Uh, screenplays is still very old-fashioned in, in that way. But now you could still do it in the screenplay. You don't have to no longer... Fasten it with the brass fasteners and put together a big manuscript and make a whole bunch of expensive copies and ship it out. Now you can put it into a, you know, a special, um, uh, a file uh, from um, various programs. So there's a couple of big ones out there, and you can submit it. I mean, it's it makes it incredibly easy and, and a lot more easier to, uh, you know, to save and, and 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 to shoot out there. So I, I think it's a, a huge thing for screenplays and and certainly for teleplays now there's other you know programs you could do with short stories and you know etc but quite frankly other than those formats everything else you could just do in word or you know in google docs you really need to get any more fancier than that but i have a great appreciation for the digital culture and how it's really lent itself to 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 writing because i think in many ways it it gave it a, a new a new life you know maybe a new um new license to go in other directions that maybe it wouldn't have gone before. I mean, I know this program's out for novels, and there's all sorts of things you can you can do now these days. I mean, I'm really not much for the, the programs that correct grammar and all that stuff. I just, I really think it's a bad idea. I think really we should be doing that sort of thing ourselves and, you know, not uh, have everything done in that sort of fashion. And we'll talk about that on, you know, on the bad side of, uh, of digital uh, culture. Okay. Now, in many ways also uh, the digital uh, culture ha- has transformed I, I believe uh, modern modern literature because it-, it allows us to put in a lot more I think in in literature now than than ever before. I always found it uh unusual how even uh, even two hundred years ago, many people who wrote stories or wrote poems they didn't seem to include a lot of the daily life you didn't really have a lot of poems about farm life or what many did in the city or you know it was always these these grandiose you know romantic tales of you know of woe or of 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 wander, or of lust or you know or swashbuckling tales of people with swords and pistols and blah 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 and taking over ships and I know it always seemed to be more fantasyful It never seemed to be having enough, you know, reality or grounded in reality. And I always thought that modern literature now, more than ever, can allow that in, in in a story, in a poem, where people talk more about their daily lives. They might even talk about machines or how that affects things. But you you see a, a whole lot more about what the average person lives and what they do in their lives, and I think that's important too because. If you think about someone reading our literature from another planet, I mean, what are they going to really learn? You know, from somebody a couple hundred years ago, they're going to learn that you know, we're drunk in love, and or we're simply uh, uh, madmen who want to take over ships, kill people, and you know, run the world. Uh, rather than now, where I think there's there's simply a lot more variance to w- what we're writing. There's a lot more of the humanity in our lives, and a lot more you can understand about humanity because we simply uh willing or ad- able to add more into it i don't know if that's just having the modern technology allowed us to simply feel more free to express these things now or maybe just feel free that they they were legitimately uh something that could be added you know into into writing but i i, I mean if you think about it now you, you can't even have a, a a teleplay without someone uh you know, using a cell phone to make a call, getting a call that way, getting a tip for solving a crime, or getting a you know a, a, an important message about a, a storyline. You know, it's just uh, it it's almost uh, unheard of to not have somebody have a cell phone ringing on, on a TV show, and and it's just become more and more common. You know, in, in all these things, it's not uncommon to you know hear someone write about their computer or, or doing something on their computer, whether it's you know, creating uh, their own uh, brochures uh, for uh, a company they're creating, or, or whether they've they've made their own welcome cards for a wedding, or they just create their own business cards, you know, for all kinds of things. It's just uh, uh, amazing what people will write about now, and, and, and able to do. And I really think in many ways, by broadening writing that, that allowed us to broaden our own scope, and what we felt we can, we can write about, and what we can talk about, and what we can what we can do, and I, I think it's another another real positive to uh, to the digital uh, culture and, and of course modern literature. Now, of course, like we talked about before, we got a lot of pros and cons to things. Well, one of the big cons, of course, is that sometimes the programs, especially like I said, uh, grammarly and, and a lot of these other programs, I, I really think they, they hurt us because to not try to correct your own grammar. Even to not go correct your own spelling is—it's simply—it's—it's uh, a bad idea. It's a real error in how we go about things. These things are not perfect and they are never going to be because there are plenty of times you could write something wrong in a sentence, but it's not spelled wrong, so it's not going to kick. It's not going to pick it up. And these these grammar programs are the same way. They're going to—they're going to miss all kinds of things. And, and in fact, lots of times if you hire these so-called uh, editors for hiring, that's all they do. They run through a program, charge you five hundred dollars. You know, and, and go to Starbucks with your money. But nothing really is happening. Because it isn't happening. is isn't done manually. It should be done manually. It should be part of the rewriting process that you do. That you're checking the spelling. You're checking the grammar. You're looking for things to improve. And you can't do that. You can't improve your writing using a piece of machinery. Now you can, you can, you can improve your writing by rewriting things on your computer. And using it that way. You know, it's a sounding board, it's a, just a, a scene, a smart board to what you're doing. But you can't use it to help you intervene because that's a bad idea. Only you really can can do something about it. And that's what I, I suggest that you do. Now, another another big bad thing that I, I feel is as much as social media can help us, you know, deliver our, our, our books, our products... You know, it, it can also make us a, a a bit sad and lazy about things because we got way too many people over here that, that simply post like a hundred poems a week, and, and then they 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 wonder why later on when they finally turn over to try to get something submitted that people don't want their stuff because it's considered a credit when you even if you publish it on your own blog, you can't you can't go get rid of it someplace else because now it's been published. You know, in some cases, uh, you, you can't even get take it down. I mean, sometimes uh, the, the sites are locked out or, you know, it crashed. You don't remember the program, the pro- password. I mean, all kinds of things can happen. And now you're just lost something you could be able to, you, you'd hope you use. And not everybody's going to reprint something. So it's a bad idea. But one of the worst things, I think, is, is that this avoidance from rejection. Well, it, it's the heart of who writers are. It's what we learn about ourselves It's where we gain strength. It's when we gain some knowledge. It's when we learn how to write better. It's through rejection. It's how we become writers. And I don't see how you can ever become a writer if all you're doing is getting a bunch of likes from strangers, nothing else happening, occasionally someone gives you a kudo, and that's it. How is this writing? How is that you becoming a writer? Writing is no different than life. you got to have the bad moments with the good moments you got to have those days of hell as much as those those moments of heaven and and you you can't have one or the other you just don't become the mature writer that you should be you just don't become somebody that that has a better grasp on reality you don't become seasoned you, you don't really appreciate the bad times and, and the things that people say you know uh, against your writing uh, when you get something that's wonderful when someone something great you know like another editor i mean not Joe Blow on, you know, Instagram. So this is a, a bad bad trend, and I really wish it would it would stop. I just don't I don't I don't like it. And each year I see it, I get I, I get less and less uh, liking it, and I get more and more upset that, you know, maybe I should be trying to do something about it because I don't really want to encourage people like that to do this, and, and then try to encourage them to to publish uh, traditionally, or even try to get into my own magazine. And then they continue to do that nonsense. They, they need to turn that away and move on to the right direction. Otherwise, it's, it's just harder to really encourage people like that. They, they're they wasting them time, their own time, and eventually they're going to waste our time. So please take that to heart. It's just a bad idea. Uh, one of the other negative things, of course, about the digital culture in, in writing is we often... For some strange reason, I don't know why, but we seem to send less out instead of more. I mean, this is an opportunity for you to send more out. You know, uh, most places allow you to have a simultaneous simul- sim, uh, submission. You just got to tell them if you get picked up, that's all. So send it out there. It's not much to track it on on a simple, uh, you know, a graph to, uh, using one of those inserts on Word. You know, you can easily track everything you send and you know where something gets picked up and you, know, you can tell other folks that, you know, and you just don't want to send one poem to fifty magazines because it's a lot. When someone picks it up, to tell the other forty-seven that you know it got picked up. So you just want to try to send a bunch to a few places at a time, and then another one, send a bunch to. This way, it's all done in clusters, and that's how you want to do things. You want to send out there. Your odds are greater when you send them more places than than if you and if you don't. So you definitely want to to keep that in mind. Of course. Another downside uh, to the digital culture, and it's not your fault, it happens, is that you're going to occasionally submit to magazines that close. And now suddenly what do you do with something if it's trapped? Some of these places are, will vanish and then you don't have to worry about it. Because quite frankly, if, you, if you're on a literary uh, online site and it vanishes from the site and they're done with it, you could resubmit it again. Because if it's not out there anymore, why not? But what do you do when it's trapped? In a place that they haven't taken it down. It's still on there. many can see it. You have to really just negotiate with an editor about it. Listen, I, I submitted it to this magazine in good faith. You know, and like six weeks later, they close up. I mean, I don't know how that's good or not. And then see if they want to reprint it. See if they might give you a break. If you explain things more times than not, you'll, you'll get a second chance. But that's the breaks you take. That's the chance that you take when you do something like that. You know, you might... You know, you might not be able to really showcase it to everybody because, you know, I just closed down. But its I, I don't really feel it's any different than, than a print magazine. Quite frankly, they close down a lot quicker than the digital ones do because they're a lot more expensive to operate and a lot more work to deal with. And, and, they, and they usually don't go out every month. They usually go out every two, three months or something, sometimes every quarter. So, but that's the breaks. I think it's well worth the risk. So why not? You know, why not when not do something like that? And, you know, in, in my opinion, I, I think that's a great idea. Now, of course, you know, you're always going to deal with some of the, uh, the, the normal things of the Internet and, and the social media. You're going to have your occasional, you know, uh, trolls that are going to say bad things. Especially if you get published, you might have some people not like it or, you know, say something nasty. That, that's going to happen. I mean, it's going to happen no matter what you do. Harder on, on a print magazine, unless they know how to reach you by e- email for someone to say something bad, but it, it happens on the internet and social media. You're gonna have to live with it. You don't know who they are. You don't know what they're about. Just just laugh it off. Don't even don't even really take it that seriously. Uh, another thing I I, I really uh, caution people on is, of course, uh, through uh, through the internet and social media, there's plenty of these places that are vanity presses. You know, with all these cool, name, you know, neat names, uh, you know, um, Cajun this and alien that and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And st- oh, This is vanity places. Charging you money, putting together a, a poor product, never giving you any proceeds if they do sell something after you try to market it. They don't do any marketing for you. You want to stay away from these things. You want to stay away from anybody that's, that's offering you a service and they want you to pay for it. Period. This is the worst thing that people can find on social media and on the internet. So, so it's the way away from all of that. I did an entire show on it called Vanity Insanity. Yeah, but I am not even mention it now because it's not like something that simply has stopped. I don't know why folks don't listen and don't learn. But they really need to. Because it's really critical that you do not waste your money. And you do not delegitize what you're doing. There's nothing worse than seeing good material out there. You know, encased in this kind of nonsense. You just ruin everything you're trying to do rather than to help yourself. You know, try to find presses. There are presses out there. And keep submitting and keep believing and keep doing it. That's what you need to do. Be persistent. The biggest common denominator of anybody that's doing these vanity presses is they're impatient. That's a bad thing. Because sometimes the impatience reveals work that's not fully formed yet anyway. So it shouldn't be out there in a book. Sometimes the impatience is... They don't even have enough material yet they want to put together a book. They haven't even got enough credits out there. I got published one time and now I want a book. These are not really the greatest ways to to advertise yourself, to advertise your work. It's not a good idea. And of course, sometimes it's just not good at all. So that impatience, it's a bad thing. And and, and it makes people willing to spend money because they they figure they can't get it any other way. And I say they can get it another way they keep working on their craft. If they try to find some place, they eventually will everyone who has any merit often finds some place. I haven't really found anyone that hasn't. So keep that in mind stay the course. do not fall into some sort of dark hole here where you have to you know f- go with some fly by night place you know people who don't care. I, I get bad reports about these uh, these vanda editors you know you know they, they sexually harass women they- they've had bigoted comments. You know, they say uh, all kinds of curse words, they steal your money, they badmouth your friends, Uh, you know, they tell other people that you're not any good. I mean, it's just endless supply of nonsense from people who don't deserve any, any of our attention and certainly zero of our money. So please stay away from the vanity places, All right. Now keep in mind too that one of the negative things about the internet is you can often you know, submit to magazines where it's hard to really judge everything about the magazine and know what you're doing. That was one of the better things about some of the print magazines. Is they don't put enough issues out every year. So therefore, you can have a greater gauge of what they're publishing and maybe see if you fit in. It's much harder with it, with a digital magazine. Especially if they're doing it every month or every two months because they could be very varied. It could be very diverse. You don't even know. So you have to do... Uh, A chance. You have to take a chance and submit. I don't really think it's a bad thing to take a chance and submit. Other people do because they'd rather do more research. But you only can do so much research on the internet on some magazines. You just Sometimes you have to take that chance. I don't really think it's a bad thing in the end. But you definitely want to uh, do whatever you can to try to research. And and make sure, folks, that you're obeying some of the basic guidelines. Okay? I'm not saying that every single guideline that, that somebody puts out You know, it needs to be religiously followed. But there's some key ones that are essential. I mean, if they tell you they only want Word doc, don't send them PDF. It means this is how they're handling their business. Doing something that makes it harder for them. A bad idea. You're going to get rejected. And no, it's not because you're writing. It's because you're just being disrespectful to the guidelines. All right. If they tell you they want a, a short fiction piece at a thousand words, don't give them 1,500. If they said they want a short fiction piece, double spaced, double space it. How hard is that to do? Hit down, hit down. I mean, it's not that difficult to do. And then send it. It's not that difficult, folks. Okay? I know it's a little extra work, but again, it's not that much extra work. And everybody wants that the same way. Okay? Most of them don't have a special font, but if they do, you have to go with that too then. But don't give them any weird thing that they don't like. Try to stick to the to, to the normal things, I say. Unless they literally specify, stick with times Roman numeral number twelve. That's the basic way of going about things. Okay, not that difficult to do. And of course, you know, if they have a certain genre or a certain direction that they're pronouncing, that they want, call it the theme or whatever, you you have to obey that. I mean, if someone tells you, this is a magazine and we only want stuff about women and Sometimes I'll say about women by women and sometimes I'll just say about women, which means that you could be a man and submit, but it has to be about all you know, women stuff. That's what you want to do. You don't want to send something contrary to that. You don't want to send straight poetry to a gay magazine. You know? That don't make a lot of sense. You don't wanna send a, a a a poem about your pickup truck and, and the magazines about, you know, issues with mental health. Don't make a lot of sense. I mean, unless somehow you can intertwine mental health in your in your pickup truck, don't send that. Okay, it's just it's disrespectful and and it, it's really it's really dumb to do. It really is. And of, and of course, uh, one one of the I, I feel the the most ironic uh, of all uh, guidelines is make sure you you put some kind of bio in there. Okay, whether they ask for one or not, unless the rules specifically say we only want the bio. After we send you an acceptance letter, then include it because very few people actually say that now. Usually they'll tell you they want it or it's implied you just want to send it. Okay? You want to be able to showcase something you've done. An award you won. A book you put out. A couple of credits here and there. You want to be able to put that in there. Okay? And if you don't have a lot, then fluff it up a little bit. You know what I mean? Uh, You know, I'm a lady from Connecticut. I'm married with two kids. You know, I, I I got a poem that's pending out of this one magazine. You know, I'm working on this book. You know, that that's it. Just put something in there, something that's, that makes you alive and makes it lively. And, and and there you have it. Just stick to those things. Don't go across these guidelines. I tell people all the time, it makes no sense to violate some of these guidelines. All you have to do is skip over to someplace else. Where the guidelines feel more acceptable to you, okay? There's thousands of magazines out there. Do you know how many times I skip over things because I don't like it? All the time, you know? I've had instances where I'm tired, you know, I've had a long day, and I I don't feel like doing a double space. I don't feel like putting some special font in. I don't feel like putting in uh, my personal statement on art. Screw that. I mean, I'm just going to skip you over to somebody else. There's a few magazines that say we won't take email we only want we only want snail mail. Well, you're never gonna get any tune from me. Bye. Have a good day. You know, I don't even know what a stamp looks like half the times. I don't even know what they cost anymore. So too bad for you. Bye. You know, I got submittable, so I don't mind doing that. But there's like I said, there's plenty of times. You know, there's some lines they say we only want the poem or the piece of work inside the, the uh, the uh, email. You know, I gotta decide do I want to do that or not. I mean, huh? It's a pain in the ass. I gotta go cut and paste this, that, whatever. It just depends on on my mood. But what I won't do is I won't do contrary to what they're saying. I'll just simply skip them over. Maybe I'll I'll deal with them another time when I when I feel more up to it. And that's how I how I recommend that you do it. This way you you're not like feeling that you're being burdened. It it should be an easy process for you. And there's plenty of things to go by, plenty of lists. Okay. All right, folks, and until next time, this is Mark Anthony Rossi, your host for Strength to Be Human. We have a lot of uh, exciting uh, shows ahead. I, I put out the um, uh, l- list already, and I'm hoping also to do another uh, metal uh, two shows I might add to the to the January list, provided I can get together with some uh, with some groups. There, okay, until next time, folks. God bless and good night. Thank you for listening. Please follow the show and visit our blog at strengthtobehuman.blogspot.com.